0: Welcome to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsome. I'm Brandon Reeve, and we're so glad you've joined us today to learn to activate your faith. Uh, Pastor Christian, before we jump into today's podcast, by the way, this is episode two. This is our
1: second one, and uh, I'm just curious, why the name Activate? Well, Brandon, before I answer that, let me thank our people for listening. I've I've been overwhelmed by just how excited people are um, yes. about about this resource, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not just another thing, but... Um, but a but a ministry tool that helps people minister better. I'm I'm excited about um, the name. Activate comes from James one. James one says, "Don't just listen to the word; do what it says." Uh, I wanted to name the podcast "Just Do It." Somebody said that phrase had been taken, um, so we thought about activate um, instead of that. Yeah. But here here's the reality, right? Um, Christianity for too long majors on answers. Like I took Bible quizzing when I was little. My kids did a wana. And that is designed to teach people truth, so they can give answers. But Christianity is not about answers; it's about application. That's good, right? It's not a it's not a head knowledge thing; it's a lifestyle thing. So the the thought of this podcast is to help people activate their faith. You know, a a, a good pastor, um, a good counselor, uh, a good small group leader, they change the question um, from from answer to activation, mm-hmm. uh, meaning we're, we're not looking for the what anymore. We're looking for the how. Um, so, you know, if you're in a small group or if you're sitting with somebody in a counseling session and they give the correct answer, the follow-up question has to be, okay, good answer, how are you going to do that? Good answer, when are you going to do that? Good answer, will you do that. Mm-hmm. So, as a, you know, if you're a small group leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a counselor, if you're a Christian that wants to follow Jesus, um, you're looking for activation and application, not just answers. Um, the sermon, hopefully, uh, will inspire action. The sermon will inspire you for what you need to do. This second level podcast are groups. The deeper development is taking the inspiration of the what and trying to teach how.
0: That's good. You know, one of the things we're going to try and do with this podcast is answer listeners' questions. And so we've created a tool for you to submit your questions to us. And you can just simply do that by sending us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. And we're excited to answer some of your questions. I have one today from someone who was listening from last week. And they said this, I always seem to start the year off strong with my devotions but I, but it quickly becomes a task, not something I really enjoyed joy doing.
1: So, what am I doing wrong? Okay, so the answer to that first, thanks for the question. Yeah. Um, the answer to that is nothing. You're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to make a goal to do your devotions, and to and to try to start reading your Bible. And we we should define like what's a devotion, right? A devotion right. is time devoted. To Jesus, just that intentional time that you spend with Jesus. You might hear it called quiet time. You might hear it called devotions, um, but it's devoted time where you quiet everything else and listen to Jesus. That's what all those things mean. I mean, you're not doing anything wrong if you start out. Great, good job. The question is again, how? Um, how do I? How do I continue? Uh, and I would say you you need to change the motivation of why you're having quiet time, why you're doing devotions. Um, And I would say ask the questions, why, when, and who? Mm -hmm. That'll help you learn to sustain a little bit. Um, Why are you spending daily time with God? Because your pastor told you to? Because you feel guilty if you don't? Because you think if you don't check in with God, he won't check in with you? Why? Um, We don't do our devotions for God, we really spend time with God so we can live from God, not for God God, God is the energy source, like we plug our cell phones in at night a quiet time the purpose of quiet time is to plug in to be energized not not drained um, so it 's a relational thing, mm. so when you start thinking of you know why why do I have devotions well i just want to spend a few moments with god why so i can get recharged when you see it relationally boy remember when you first when you when you and abby first started dating right when Danielle and i first started dating we could not spend enough time together Mm -hmm. talk on the phone together be together um not because we were trying to learn who each other was we just enjoyed each other's time Mm -hmm. so you know why i would ask why are you doing your devotions and if you can change it because i just want to spend time with god that might change the heart. Secondly, when every key activity in the life of someone with discipline has place, Mm. uh, has a place. So let me, let me challenge you with this. What is the most consistent, least important thing you do on a daily basis? Meaning what's the thing you never miss? Is it your coffee in the morning? Is it your next Netflix show? Is it time reading a book? Um, You know, is it time working in the garage? What's, what's a, 10 to 30 minute thing you never miss Mm. miss that for the next month and put your devotions in its place Mm -hmm. and see if you can find a place where it fits within your routine the most consistent least important thing you do let devotions have that win. But you got to find a place. And then thirdly, a, a who. Who holds you accountable? Um, who's asking you if you're reading? Who's challenging you? Who's inspiring you and encouraging you to read? I, I think if you can do those things, it'll stretch out um, the ability to, to stay consistent in your devotions. And here's the deal. If, if that question um, and that answer helped anyone... That's awesome. But if it helped you, it could help someone else. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, I want you to go subscribe to this podcast, put it on your phone, but then post about it on social media, tell other people about it, because we want to invite more people into an active an activation of their faith. Um, so we'd love you to help us get the word out of uh, of this new ministry resource that we have.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, we could end the podcast right there, but let's, let's press in and let's talk about your message. The title of it was Finding Rest. And and I know what most people are thinking right now, man, I could use some rest. I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm mentally, physically, emotionally, just spiritually drained. And so you spent some time challenging us and teaching us today from the book of Psalm, chapter 23, probably one of the most popular of all the Psalms. Um, there are a few significant promises in that chapter, Christian, and... uh Uh, The key to understanding these things, I think you've outlined for us, is helping us understand the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. So could you just take for the next few minutes and unpack those promises found in... Psalm twenty three, a little deeper for us. Well, yeah,
1: I'd love to. So a lot of people have heard the twenty-three psalm twenty-third Psalm, right? Yes. Whether it's at a funeral right. or listening to Coolio, um, you know, in Dangerous Minds, you Wait, know. Coolio I, yeah, quoted this. Coolio, I, did I walk not know through that. the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, there you death, go. I take oh, yeah. a look at my I could I could give you it all if Let's you wanted not me do to. That. That, Let's not that's do not that. the purpose of this no, podcast. No. Um, but but because of funerals, because of that thought, right? Because of twenty-third Psalm where it says oh, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you were with me. It's yes. Very popular. But it but that 's not i mean that 's not the point of this psalm. The point of this psalm is what happens when you take time with the shepherd mm. um, so the seven promises of the psalm are just tremendous. it promises rest um, for us in psalm twenty three two um, it says that that the shepherd makes you lie down in green pastures, um, and I love the word make. There, right? It doesn't say the shepherd allows. It says the shepherd makes Mm. you lie down. From the very first week of creation, God gave humanity a Sabbath day before they needed it. Um, From his first interactions with the Israelites, he gave them a Sabbath day before they even needed it. And the thought was, God said, "Listen, this life's going to wear you out. Mm. Don't wait till you're worn out and you crash. Um, Give me a little time every day. I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you lie down at certain times." Because I know you'll need that strength for the journey. I remember when I ran my first marathon, Mm -hmm. part of the marathon training was drink before you're thirsty. Drink before you're thirsty. If you wait till you're thirsty, it's too late. A lot of people wait to spend time with God until they feel absolutely spiritually empty. And by that time, it's almost too late. The rest... Takes more time than it should because every day they've not just poured a little bit of time in. So we spend time with God in Psalm 23 2 because of the promise that we'll get rest. And we said this two weeks ago in our message. If you're living a spiritually unhealthy life, you're going to lie down eventually. Yes. Um, whether by the consequence of crashing, or by the choice of giving God a little time every day, as the Shepherd, um, you will lie down. Um, so, spending time with God every day, according to Psalm twenty-three, it gives us rest. It's good. So, the
0: second promise is relaxation. Tell me more.
1: Yeah. So, Psalm two goes on. It says He leads me beside quiet water. So, we talked about how sheep are afraid of running water. Mm-hmm. They're just ang- they're anxiety-filled creatures. Mm-hmm. So, the Shepherd has to to take the sheep to some place their soul can relax. So, you know, really daily time with God should be like a holy exhale where you just finally relax because you're not even afraid of the running water um, that's coming. Uh, You know, again, if you think of devotions as work, you you could be more filled with anxiety doing your devotions than if you don't do them. But if you think of it as rest... It's a time where you can just relax with God. Um, you know, I I I've, I have the phrase "work wears out, but trust treats anxiety." Mm-hmm. Pausing daily with God and relaxing it's a it's a it's a big deal. You're trusting that that moment of time, God has everything else taken care of. You know, the time that I get down on my knees to pray is the least anxiety filled time in my day, even though I'm not doing anything that's so important mm-hmm. and so urgent that's when I feel like everything is taken care of because I'm able to relax and believe God has it in hand. Mm -hmm. And if I can take those moments and extend them, hopefully into hours and days and weeks and months, I I think it could change my life.
0: Rest, relaxation, promise number three, verse three is refreshment.
1: Unbelievable, right? Psalm 23, two says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then in verse three, it says he refreshes my soul. Like who doesn't need that, right? right? Who doesn't need their soul refreshed. David says, if you will spend time with God daily, your soul will be refreshed. Um, But this is where a lot of people, they have access to the refreshment, but they like... But they're unsure how to partake of it. Okay. Uh, we had a kid on my basketball team in high school that you know we used to to run our, our line drills. And then when we would break for water, we had a water fountain in the gym. And he was always one of the first ones over there. And he would turn on the water fountain, and he would just let it run while he caught his breath with right. all of us standing in line like, dude, take a drink. A lot of people, they have their Bible open in front of them. Um, They have their pen out. They've even set aside some time during the day, but they never bow to drink because they don't know how to look for soul refreshment. Hmm. So when you're reading your Bible, you should be reading it looking for refreshment, like trying to take a drink. What one verse sounds like a promise you'd like to have in your life? What one story is an example of someone you'd want to be your friend um what one thing happened that could encourage you if it happened to you what what one thing was said that if it was true would bring hope Um, what thing challenged you so you had to dig deep like we we've got to dip our head into the water fountain and begin to drink for it to refresh our soul so I, i think being real intentional in our time with god the only way we're refreshed is if we drink from where God leads us. So we got to open up our soul and our mind and ask some questions and read with purpose. It's great. Promise number four, direction and deflection. Yeah. So I love this one. It says he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. All right. So who doesn't go to church or spend time reading the Bible, trying to find the right way, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, We understand that's part of what we're looking for, trying to learn how to live the right way. But David said he leads you to live the right way so that he gets glory from it. He Mm. leads me along the right path for his name's sake. David says when you begin to live the right way, God begins to look good, Mm. which makes more sense of some of Jesus' statements. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But in Matthew 5, 16, he told his disciples, you're the light of the world. He basically was saying, people know me, they know me through you. You You represent me. So your time with me teaches you to live for me so people will know me properly, which is a really, really big deal. I remember when we got our letter jackets in high school, and one of our coaches sitting us down when they handed them out to us saying, now every time you wear this, you represent our school and you represent this team. Hmm. So if you're not going to wear it well Don't wear it because people think about us when they see you. Um, Paul says, clothe yourself with Christ. It's the exact same thought. Put on a spiritual letter jacket, but realize when you put the label Christian on you, you now represent Jesus. Follow the right paths for his name's sake. That's good. Promise five, comfort. Verse four. Yeah, and right here's the famous verse. Um, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Brandon, so here, here's something that a lot of people don't know. A shepherd's primary job was scouting without the sheep. Huh. When the sheep would rest, when the sheep would sleep, the shepherd would go scout, which means this, the shepherd never took the sheep someplace that they hadn't been first. And the shepherd never took the sheep someplace that they knew they couldn't get them home from. Hmm. A shepherd always was aware of the surroundings and always made sure the sheep could get there and back. If we apply that to Jesus, it means every circumstance we ever go through in life, Jesus has scouted out. He knows where we can find refreshment. He knows where we can find safety. He can always get us home. That should give us great comfort, regardless of what we're facing, to know Jesus has scouted this out. He knows what's going on, and he know he, there is a plan to get me out of here. I don't see it, but I trust it. Um, even the hardest situations, Jesus has scouted and got us through. You know, as a parent, I look at things. Yeah, I shouldn't say it this way. I look at things that would cause me to question my faith. Hmm. I look at things that might cause my heart to grow hard against God, and I, I think about losing a child. Right. Um, you know, with a son who's fifteen and a little girl who's thirteen. I, you know, I I know that would be really hard to process. But then I remember God's done that. Mm -hmm. Like he has scouted that ground. He's lost a child. Um, He's gained a child to eternal life. And he's been through that. Even if that would happen to me. And that is my darkest valley. I know he's going to be right there. Mm -hmm. And he's going to nourish me while I'm there. And he's going to get me out the other side. Mm -hmm. That's the comfort I can have as I read in the shepherd going before me.
0: That's awesome. So... We're going to transition now. Promise six. So I've enjoyed relaxation, rest, refreshment, direction. I need that. Comfort. Yes. But
1: promise number six, discipline and protection. One of these we love. Yes. One of these we hate. Yes. Right. I mean, we are, we're saying we're going to trust someone who's been everywhere. He will ever lead us to go and get us out alive. However, we don't like how he does it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. So the second half of verse four says your rod and your staff they comfort me again. Here's the word comfort, but it has to be taken in a spiritual sense. Okay. Um, so the rod and the in the staff, these are these are not separate tools; these are separate uses of the same tool. So the <laughs> shepherd carried a stick, right? Like not nunchucks. One of them named Rod, and one named Staff. Like they were no ninja <laughs> shepherds with a stick in each hand. One stick, two purposes: rod um, and staff. We all want the staff mm-hmm. because the staff protects us. Mm-hmm. None of us want the rod because the rod corrects us it it disciplines us um several years ago when we were in Israel, we were driving from the Sea of Galilee to Jerusalem, um, driving through the west Bank and there was i'd never seen it before there were three or four shepherds with a flock of probably a a hundred or more sheep and goats. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to cross a busy highway. Mm-hmm. Um, literally a four-lane, four-lane highway with cars going 65, 70 miles an hour. would be 90 kilometers over there, I think is, is what the That's car says. Yeah, is what the car says. 90 or 100 yeah. kilometers. Yeah. Thank you. I got, got a, got a little metric in me. Um, Can, a little Canadian. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little Canadian, eh? Um, yeah. So, so we're driving down the highway and there's these hundred sheep trying to cross the road, trying to cross a, a busy road. Um, and these shepherds are lined up. In front of the road, um, and they have lowered their staffs now where they look like kind of a railroad crossing. Mm-hmm. So their staffs were parallel to them, and they each had hold of a staff, like one holding the other, like they were crossing guards at a gate. They literally built a barricade that the sheep couldn't cross, and they were protecting them from running out in the traffic. Mm. When I saw that picture, I thought, man, that's what spending time with God does. You're going to read verses that protect you from going somewhere that's really unsafe. At the same time, there was a shepherd walking behind and on the perimeter of the sheep waiting for the shepherds to say go, who were whacking some of them with his his rod. Um, Sheep who were trying to run out. Without the rest of the flock, he was he was punishing them yes. because they were not in submission to the protection. But he was protecting them, so his discipline was protecting them. And I thought, I don't like that. I don't like when a verse slaps me on the head, mm. right? I don't like when when my when the Bible kind of punches me in the heart. But I'm grateful for when it does because what it's saying is is you have chosen not to listen to the protection. So now you need to have the correction, which is a little stronger. And some shepherds, if you study just how shepherds work, some shepherds, if a sheep refused to be disciplined by the rod, they would actually go and break one of the back legs, just very slightly break the back legs of one of the sheep. You often see Jesus in pictures carrying a sheep on his shoulder. The only time they would ever carry a sheep on a shoulder is when they had a broken leg. Wow. They would carry that sheep with them. Until the leg healed, and then once they set that sheep down, the sheep never left its side because it realized, even in my brokenness, um, the shepherd got me everything I need, and I never have to leave his side. And some people are living through the pain of brokenness right now, but you re- need to realize it's in this brokenness that we realize Jesus carries us, and we need to stick c- closer to him than, than we ever um than we ever did before because if he carries us through our brokenness he'll carry us to places of healing in the future.
0: Very good. Promise number 7.
1: Life and purpose, verse 5. Yeah, so verse 5 David says, "You prepare a table before me in the presence of enemies, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows." You know, David basically said even when my enemies are surrounding me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I have the chance to sit down and have a meal. I have a chance to live life even in the midst of my enemies. I still have a chance to live my life. And then in anointing my head with oil, he's basically that that's picturing him becoming the king. He said, God gave me a purpose to fulfill. Um, so what we're saying is there's purpose in your life. And even in the midst of craziness, if you'll take time to find green pastures, you'll find life. My wife, Danielle, after we did our sermon run through and talked about green pastures immediately came up to me and said, Christian, I don't have a green pasture, Mm. um, Kind of all the space in the house that I used to use has been eaten up by the kids, and I don't have my place anymore. So we – I mean we went home last week and redesigned a room in our house so she could have a green pasture Mm -hmm. because everyone needs to find their place to rest, to relax, to be refreshed, to find comfort, um, to find direction so we can have deflection of who God is, to – to get protection and discipline, um, you know, and finally, so we can enjoy life and have purpose. Mm. So Christian, those are some really good thoughts. So practically speaking, just for us, what are some tangible habits that we can use to develop in our lives to rest well? Sure. So I heard this at a conference several years ago to, to really implement a time of following the shepherd. Four things. One, depart daily. Two, withdraw weekly. Three, quiet quarterly and four abandon annually. There's got to be a time built into every day where you shut everything else out and spend time with the shepherd. Start with 15 minutes, work your way to an hour. There's got to be a day withdraw weekly every week where you shut everything else down—a true Sabbath day. And those are the days you catch up. If you're if you're on a reading plan, memory plan, catch up. You know if if you're behind a little bit, there should be at least one night every quarter where you go away with a friend, uh, with your spouse, if you're married um, and you get away and just really step away from life. Again, if you're behind, catch up on your reading plans. And then a week of vacation during the year. The Israelites actually had three weeks of spiritual family vacation built into their calendars through the Old Testament feast. Those are times to go away, not just to rest, but to take your Bible and recharge and catch up seeking the shepherd and all that he offers.
0: That's good stuff, Christian. Thank you so much for um, sharing. And those of you that are listening, thank you for tuning in this week. We pray that you have found this conversation extremely helpful and useful in your personal life and as you have conversations with those closest to you. Again, we want to hear from you. Send us your feedback and your questions. Again, to activate at takethejourney.cc. We'll catch you next time on Activate.